hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 174. I'm Art Regner, and as always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. If it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, what better way to cap off your long, hard day of work than with an ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue? But we do ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly. And if you know the date, and it is the 22nd of December, and you're probably saying, Art, we've been waiting for this podcast for weeks now. We know what you do every time during the holiday season. Your special guest, no stranger to the program, is Lisa McDowell, the Red Wing Team Nutritionist. When is she going to be on? Well, your wish and prayers have been answered, ladies and gentlemen, because our guest today on episode 174 of the Red and White Authority is none other than my good friend, Lisa McDowell. Lisa, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Hi, Art. Thank you so much for having me. I just simply cannot wait to hear about your big list for January resolutions. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I have I have a list. I'm going to I'm joining a special different program, which uh, I can't wait about. I'm excited to talk about it. But uh, I would say first and foremost, um, I, I want to begin with something you know, serious, obviously there's been a COVID outbreak around the world, let's be honest about it, but, you know, obviously it has affected the National Hockey League and has affected the Detroit Red Wings. How has that affected your job as a nutritionist for these fellas where, except for one player, they're all vaccinated and we've heard even if you get it now, uh, COVID, that, you know, the vaccination really helps out to the point of no hospitalization and the sickness is more of a mild case, but I don't even know if that's true, but if you could uh, maybe tell us what, what has it been like for you since, uh, uh, you know, everyone and their brother seems to be getting uh, the COVID virus. Yeah. Well, in collaboration with our medical team, our training team, we, we look at the literature of best practice of how, how to protect our players, but, but clearly this new variant is not discriminating against those who have a normal vitamin D or zinc level. Uh, we're just uh, dropping like flies with the number of players who, who have tested positive. Uh, that, that has just resulted in um, making certain that we're paying attention to those nutrition details, adequate sleep, hydration, and making sure we're not deficient in any of those vitamin and minerals so that we can have as easy of a course of COVID as possible, which is just, it's just incredible to see what, what has happened here. It, it certainly is, and you know, and, and I, you know, I, I might as well let the audience know we had done a podcast with you right at the beginning of the pandemic, where you had COVID. You had a, uh, a, a you weren't ever hospitalized, but I, I know you told me you coughed for weeks, and uh, it was not pleasant. And you know, I don't know if I've announced this publicly, but I had COVID uh, in late October, early November, uh, and it was. Uh, uh, it was a mild case. I was I had both shots, vaccination plus a booster, and I also got the I, mono. I, I forget the name clonal, of it. Clonal monoclonal Mo- antibodies. E- mm-hmm. Exactly, which really really helped me out. It really helped me out. So mine was a you know kind of a mild case, 
uh, which I'm very thankful about, but I am glad I got the antibodies. And so I'm kind of curious. You've had it. I've had it. And I, I think there's some people that are resigned that we're all going to get it in some form or another. Yeah. Uh, do you, I, is it headed that way? And I, you know, and I know I'm asking you kind of a loaded question here, but it seems no matter what we do, it's just, it, it appears that if you do certain things like perhaps get vaccinated if you want to, or maybe eat different foods that you can control it to a certain degree. Yeah, it, I, I think what we're seeing is even athletes who do everything that we ask of them and and try to do it perfectly, they're they're still vulnerable. And while that may be scary, what what I can say is, um, you know, most of our team has had very minimal symptoms. Um, n nobody has needed to be hospitalized, and so I think we can protect our immune system by decreasing chronic inflammation, making sure we don't have any deficiencies. We know the virus does not like vitamin D and vitamin C and zinc. So making sure that our diet has good sources of all of those vitamins and minerals can certainly be helpful uh, for the course of COVID. I heard someone explain what a, what a virus does is it's like if you have a body of water which we'll say is the virus and you put up a dam and you know it blocks it like the uh, like but but what the virus or what the water will naturally do is okay well we're going to go around that then you know we're going to make another like a little more yeah, river on variant. this side yeah another sure variant smart yes we're gonna we're just gonna go that way and they said so that's kind of what you're dealing with but if 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 vaccinations are working that kind of limits just how many times it can v have a variant is, is that even true oh i know i'm pretty sounding pretty ignorant here but i'm just really kind of curious just because you know unfortunately this is something that you know you've had to deal with on a personal level certainly with yourself and now with 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 the team yeah and and you know this is a novel virus that we're we're still learning about but hopefully this new variant will be less problematic in, in regard to how sick people get. And from what we're hearing, the hospitalizations are 80% less with the Omicron variant. So that would, yeah, that would be good. But, but that would be because I, I would imagine a majority of people are vaccinated, which really helps. I mean, I, I, I shudder to think if I wasn't vaccinated, what would have happened to me, you know, yeah. uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and I'm just, you know, I, again, you know, this is just me talking. I'm not speaking for anybody else, but myself right now is that I'm glad that I was because I had it. And, you know, the, the thing that freaked me out the most was I did lose my sense of taste and smell. And if you look at me, you know, I really like to eat. But, uh, <laughs> but, 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 you know, when you can't taste anything or smell anything, it's amazing how your appetite you goes no away. Appetite. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so true. Well, I, you know, with January coming, I think it is a really great time for, your audience to just check in with some of those habits that really can help protect their immune systems by paying attention to good sleep and, and healthy nutrition and physical activity throughout the day and, and having a good social connection, social support, I, I think also builds our immune system. I, I know most Americans are used to 
immediate results, right? Like right. it doesn't surprise anyone in Detroit that we can make a supersonic car that goes from zero to a thousand under a minute. But like, it's the same for, for health. We, we, we have to really understand that sometimes just small habit changes um, lead up over time to, to making a big impact into our health. I, I just, I think it's, it's funny, you know, come January 1, many try to just say goodbye to alcohol, ice cream, pizza, and they replace it with celery and carrots and maybe two hours on the Peloton or drinking a gallon of water a day, upping their fiber intake, all these things, right? at mm -hmm. one time and, and it just that the habits don't stick right 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 i, I they, they really don't i mean you know i mean i you, you know you've done it and if they do stick i mean and, and it seems to work and if you're able to do it for a period of time then you think well okay i've got this down and then maybe it's human nature you find yourself straying off it and before you know it you're kind of almost back where where you started. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think, you know, it, it's hard to be successful with the extreme changes. And, you know, looking at, um, let's take fiber as the example. You, you may remember the Saturday Night Live skit um, that oh, was yeah. called Colon Blow. Right, right. <laughs> On fiber, I think it was Phil Hartman. And like one bowl of cereal was equal to 30,000 uh, bowls of regular cereal. And you could hear the abdominal discomfort that he was having during the skit of one bowl of colon blow. Like we just can't go from no fiber to, you know, the colon bl blow cereal. Well, yeah, that was that didn't that end with him sitting on like a pyramid of cereal bowls. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that was definitely a that was definitely a great one. But what the, I guess what does that say maybe about us as human beings that you know we all kind of want to make changes or you know we all start off on the right path yeah but it's so extreme it's never it's not attainable you can't continue on that kind of path so is it moderation what is it yeah. a secret I, th I think a lot of the social studies on this have shown that we have to be careful with the all or nothing attitude, right? And, mm -hmm. and build habits as a process and looking for the small successes and aiming for consistency. Um, I think there's nothing magical about the passing of time. It's more about the number of times like you perform a behavior. So it's that frequency of what you do that makes the difference. Um, you know, like it's no different than like a bank account. If, if you save or spend your money, you're going to have a better bank account. And if you're, you're making good choices around sleep, physical activity and he healthy nutrition, then your weight will be a reflection of that. Um, I, I, I know, you know, like right now, today, if you think of where you are today, 50% of our actions are done out of habit. That is just incredible. Wow. So we, we are pretty much creatures of habit. Right. So if you think about where you want to be five years from now and how you want to spend your time five years from now, then, then you need to really look at what habits and choices are supporting that vision. Um, you know, one, one of the best recommendations I've heard is to always tie a new habit with something that you're already doing to make it stick. So if you're brushing your teeth in the morning, maybe uh, committing to drinking eight ounces of water 
after you finish brushing your teeth or taking your multivitamin right after you brush your teeth. So, so you're compounding uh, a habit with something that you're already doing. The, the one example I shared that I do to get more steps in a day is I just park my truck the farthest out from wherever I try to go. Also because I'm a bad driver and can never get it between the yellow lines. Oh my gosh, <laughs> but, really? But, <laughs> yes, but it usually results in like 2,000 extra steps on my step count for the day. Wow, wow, wow. That's, yeah, well, I always park as close as I can to the elevator, uh, you know. And, <laughs> to the and, elevator. <laughs> and, and I always and I always park on the fifth floor, so I always remember what floor I parked on. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, wonderful. Um, getting back to this, there are studies or from what you're learning about the one word that I think has really um, maybe become prevalent since the since the pandemic is immunity or our immune system. Yeah, and I think that, you know, all of us kind of knew what an immune system was, but I don't think anybody really took much time to nurture their immune system. Are we finding out are there certain foods or vitamins or things that we can do that will give us a healthier immune system so we can ward stuff off. Oh, definitely, definitely are. Actually, much of the data shows that many Americans, because of the standard American diet being so high in ultra processed food, um, that results in hidden or silent inflammation in the body. And if you have any fat stores in the abdominal area, they, they produce these cytokines that are so pro-inflammatory. It's like your belly's on fire. And uh, the, 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 our gut health is really critical. We, we have a microbiome in our stomach, but we also have a skin microbiome, lung microbiome, and, and these, these bugs, if you will, it's like a planet of them, their own, they talk to each other. And so it, it impacts our immune system greatly. So the food that we choose um, to populate our microbiome can really protect us um, against inflammation and decrease our risk of uh, getting sick. So I think it is really interesting to even consider how we feed our athletes. Right. Um, you know, looking at <laughs> the choices that they're given, they're, they're very dense in what we call micronutrients, meaning vitamins, minerals, polyphenols. We know that <clears throat> these these small micronutrients are cofactors in so many processes in the body that keep us healthy. So we don't want to be deficient in zinc or vitamin C, like I mentioned, mm -hmm. or quercetin, which is found in apples. And so getting the rainbow, the different colors is, is really beneficial. And, you know, let's face it, much of America eats out, right? Like we right. get carry out, um, we're going to restaurants. And when we do that, we're really um, beholden to what the restaurant is providing. And I think it's important to, to take a step back and, and look at the food that the restaurants, you know, are, are serving us. Many give us an extra thousand calories on the plate and I, I can guarantee their profit margin is quite small, so they're not looking at sourcing the best quality ingredients. And in fact, many of the oils that they choose to serve or to fry foods in 
get reused in um, most restaurants don't change the oil in their fryers but two or three times a week and so the more often we heat those oils up um, they, they cause oxidation and problems in our bodies and so we, we really need to be careful with our habits when we're eating out because the, the supply chain there of quality ingredients is, is just so minimal. Can you, um, if you do eat out a lot and, you know, and a lot of people have been, uh, uh, do do that just because of their time and, you know, they get caught up in whatever, you know, whatever their jobs are or, or whatever. Is there a way, is there such thing as flushing your system out that can help you rid toxins? I know that one time I can remember a, a buddy of mine would drink, uh, we go on like a fast for a week where it was cayenne pepper and, you know, a couple of other things <laughs> yeah. and water and just drink it. And, you know, I, I you know, he said it, it benefited him. Or is that, again, bordering on like maybe the extreme that, you know, you can do it. It might help you, but you can't continuously do that because in, yeah, in the long I run, it doesn't help you. I, I would recommend trying to find restaurants that prioritize the quality of the food over the quantity of the food and select restaurants by going online, looking at pictures of, of what the, the opportunities are, um, you know, restaurants that allow you to swap out maybe some of the unhealthy sides. I'm, I'm really just shocked sometimes um, even at the hospital where I work you know when when food is brought in it, it often can contains a sandwich but also chips in a cookie and right. <laughs> just, you, you just wonder like how did that become the standard American diet a sandwich chips in a cookie instead of a piece of fruit and a side of carrots right, right. so you, your, your question is good if, if you are eating out is there something that you can do Absolutely. I think one of the, the easiest suggestions is to really evaluate how many hours out of the 24 hours in a day you're consuming food and how many hours are you taking off of food. The recommendation is to be, you know, not eating for at least 12 hours. Our body clock is designed in a way where we, we shouldn't be eating, you know, all evening. And then as soon as we wake up in the morning, we should really take 12 to 14 hours off. And that allows, you know, our body to clean up some of some of this damage that you're talking about. Um, other recommendations are possibly to look at like a five day modified intermittent fast um, or, or like you're mentioning, some type of a juice cleanse. Um, I think just <laughs> if, it, it, it'd go a long way if we could just switch out some of the junk food for a meal that is rich in protein, fiber, vitamins, minerals, uh, phytochemicals, you know, maybe a nice serving with beans and veggies instead of uh, the junk food. You know, the, 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 the menus often will use words like Alfredo sauce or crispy deep fried, buttery, cheesy, gratin, you right, know, those right. words. But instead you want to be looking for things that are grilled or steamed, broiled or, you know, fresh, baked, th those kind of things. Well, yeah, it, it, because what I have started to do is that if I'll have an omelet, let's say, I was always amazed at the amount of, uh, 
of hash browns they would give you on the omelet. You know, I mean, like, you know, it was like, my God, is this like 18 potatoes you're putting on here? Yep, and yep. so, and, you know, and I know that, you know, starch and, you know, for me, it, it's not really, really good to eat a whole lot of potatoes, you know. Right. Potatoes and rice are not good for me. And so um, what I have done now is that I will substitute uh, like tomato slices instead of the hash browns or, uh, you know, a, a mixed fruit. But most of the yeah. mixed fruit is basically grapes. And I've heard that grapes are very high in sugar and you can't really eat a whole lot of those too. But again, is that like specific body types that you just have to experiment that, you know, maybe eating like 10 grapes or 12 grapes is not going to do anything to you as opposed to maybe somebody else where, they, you know, you can only eat six, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think we had this conversation about the bananas in the past. Yes. I just don't think Americans are overweight from the grapes and the bananas. Right, but right. it's true, everybody is different, and people respond differently to carbohydrate versus, you know, the, the higher fat meals or the higher protein meals. I think what we're trying to look at is what does the whole plate look like? And, you know, make, making certain that the choices have... Uh, um, a variety of protein, carbohydrate, and fat, and not just, you know, all carbohydrate, that we tend to be overserved, like you're giving the example of the hash browns in restaurants, you know, over 800 calories just from the hash browns there. And, and there's a lot of bad products out there. Right. We call them the wolf in sheep's clothing. You know, there's restaurants that will advertise a, a beautiful looking salad that comes in at over 2,000 calories and over 100 grams of fat. And we know that our body just doesn't handle that very well in one sitting. Right. Well, you know, it, it, it's interesting because I usually get, being a creature of habit, you know, I get the uh, feta and spinach omelet. I got to keep the you know, with the Greek mother, feta cheese is an essential thing for me. And uh, uh, so I'll, I'll always get that with now like the tomato wedges or tomato slices or fruit. But I always still get as a side, not sausage links, but sausage patties. Is that reasonable? Is that okay if I do that? Or should I, you know, because, you know, meat sometimes depending on how much you eat. I mean, I can tell. You can tell when meat goes down that it's different than when you're eating something maybe healthier, if that makes sense, too. Yeah, at, you know, any of the processed meats, like hot dogs and sausage, th those are actually classified as carcinogens. Oh, great. Um, not recommended. So as much as possible to limit those. I, You know, if you think about the food industry and how... They, they've really hired, they've hired scientists to, to study addictive substances. <laughs> so, so salt, sugar, and fat, um, too much sugar, too much fat. You know, we're, we're being programmed to crave these, these different substances and they increase weight gain and they, they disrupt our microbiome. They, they make us not feel satisfied uh they're, they're engineered to leave us wanting more right and right. that addictive relationship between 
foods that have high, high amounts of sugar and fat, they, they trigger dopamine, um, which is that feel-good neurotransmitter in our head. And um, we remember that craving. We remember, like, just if somebody tells you, Art, I have this wonderful ice cream in your freezer for you tonight, just thinking about that triggers a dopamine response. Really? <laughs> um, but, but like, it, and it's similar to drugs like cocaine, but unlike cocaine, there's no limit to the, the sugar cravings. People right. who eat a lot of sweets or salty snacks, they, they develop a dopamine tolerance, which means they need greater quantities to get the same pleasure response, if you will. So it's, it's important to be aware of it and, and to make conscious choices on how you allow the sugar, the fat, and the salt to be included in your day. We're, we're, you know, make it very mindful when, when you are allowing that into your day. I know I've asked you this before on previous uh, podcasts, uh, but I have always heard, and maybe it bears repeating, that... Uh, um, that there's one thing that all of mankind, regardless of where you what where you are from the world, uh, or where you know your your family history or all that, there's one thing that that mankind craves, and that's salt. No matter where, that is the one thing that people just love. Is is that true? Is that is is salt the one thing that man thinks they can't live without? It, and it is true that we, we really do need to have salt in our diet. Um, we have a very tight control. Um, so if you look at hypo or hypernatremia, on either extreme, too low or too high, can be connected with severe problems, even death. Um, you may have heard about marathon runners who overconsumed water and underconsumed salt, right. who died of hyponatremia. You know that that's a real thing and so as different uh, cultures have different amounts of sodium in their typical diet you, you'll see cravings that are are based on that but unfortunately in the American diet you know we only need about two two grams of salt at the most um, in a day unless we're really exercising in the hot Sun then then of course we would need more than that um, but the, the typical meal that you consume when you're eating out is over four grams to seven grams it, it really is quite high depending on um you know what what's in the meal restaurants want you to come back so they want to give you large portion sizes that is crispy fried salty you know all the things that trigger that dopamine response that make you walk out saying that was delicious <laughs> right it's like the uh uh, no clocks in casinos. They pump yep. oxygen in, or if they have yep. a free buffet, they want you to keep eating or yep. drinks so for you're free. Never tired. Yep. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, so you're, you know, I mean, you know, tricks of the trade. God, God bless human beings, boy. What a, what, what a, a, a very um, a moral and <laughs> group of people we really are. How can we get the most out of you, whether we're harming you or not? But. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, but hey, I mean, that's uh, but, you know, to each his own, I guess. But I I, I want to go back now. As we said, we know that the, several of the Red Wings, they've been shut down. The league is shut down as of today, actually, uh, and, and will reopen hopefully on the 26th here. 
Uh, and uh, uh, I, I am kind of so so really basically at this point I mean because you take care of these guys great I mean you know the, the, their meals and you know I know you still won't tell me what's in your you know your little secret potions you give them after games <laughs> and, uh, and and all that but you really haven't modified a lot for the guys that have tested positive right is there no uh, you know everyone gets a vitamin pack and and everyone even though they're have the virus have had basically mild symptoms if any symptoms at all yeah so we we do try to take care of the team and i think nutrition is one of the difference makers uh we approach it as a team with chef bill who is the very best in the world he he just he knows what every player likes and he does such an amazing job and we have Leslie and Reggie who help in the kitchen as well. Right. Oh, yeah. Myself. And so we're, we're really trying to take care of those details because they eat so frequently when they're in Detroit at the arena. They're eating breakfast. They're sometimes eating pregame. And then they're eating a snack before the game. And then they're eating postgame. So on game day, <laughs> they're pretty much eating all their meals at the arena. And then on practice days, they're eating breakfast and lunch there. So you could see where, again, stacking those habits over time and those choices becomes very important. So in the morning, there will always be oatmeal or um, overnight oats that have chia seeds and cinnamon and nutmeg. And there's all kinds of toppings like walnuts and almonds and blueberries and raspberries. And, you know, we, we can really pack in those micronutrients into a very simple meal and so they they are very receptive the players are dialed in they're focused they're looking for healthy choices 99 percent of the time you know sometimes on the road it, it becomes a drag because we, we're eating a lot of repetition uh the, the foods are are quite similar especially on game day so it's fun after the game to have something different. But when we're in a back-to-back -back situation, we're looking at, um, you know, making sure we're getting the, the precise targeted nutrients in at the arena for recovery and then uh, also on the airplane. And, you know, I think what, what's interesting is a lot of teams, and if you think about college teams, um, specifically, you, you see that every college team, they, they know how to lift weights and train, but are they getting the education around sleep and nutrition, recovery, stress management? And those really are the difference makers uh, for, for the team is to approach it comprehensively. So you asked about protocols with COVID and what I would say is at the beginning of the season, we do a very comprehensive lab panel for the players as well as their physical assessments that are done by, by the performance team. Um, but with those results, what we try to do is correct any deficiencies or vulnerabilities that we can quickly you know, look at and develop a plan with food first, but let's be real, most of the time, food is not gonna correct a vitamin D deficiency. There's just not enough food choices that are high enough in vitamin D. So we, 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 we have vitamin D um, 
supplements for the team as well as gummies for the guys who don't like to swallow pills they can uh. chew a grape flavored vitamin d gummy um so any way that we can get compliance so that they're not deficient in the vitamin d when when a player does get covid they get an extra packet of um everything that has been studied in the literature to help decrease the symptoms or the duration of having a virus. So extra vitamin C, extra vitamin D, zinc, multivitamin. Um, they, they do a good job with getting probi probiotics and prebiotics in their diet, but during the winter time, we do also allow um, probiotics. So we're always looking for supplements that have the NSF certification for sport, to make sure they're safe and that they contain what the bottle states uh, or claims to have. Mm -hmm. And we give a lot of education on the best way to take those. Like for example, vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin. It needs to be taken with food. So we make it as simple as possible and really try to, um, the, you know, the players were coming through the garage, even though they're positive, they still have to be tested every day. So we would just give them, you know, their vitamin packs through the car window. <laughs> wow. So now I, it, it, if they get their vitamins packs and I know that you're always, um, you, you, you know, they, they, they eat very, very well. I mean, I, I, I saw even up at in Traverse City, the, uh, the, the, the food at, at training camp and what you have laid out for them. Um, but the one thing that kind of, I find, find curious when you say gummies and like I'm thinking gummy bears, gummy worms, but everything seems to be gummy <laughs> this day. I thought gummy was essentially just 100% sugar. But yeah, they do. They do have sugar, but I have a few players who don't like to swallow the pills. And if that's the only way to get them what they need, then they they'll have to take care of that sugar. <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, is there such thing as a non-sugar gummy? Um, but, but then you're getting into sugar alcohols and, and um, sugar substitutes, which those really aren't much better. The, these are the same players who occasionally drink a Coca-Cola. <laughs> you know, it's, they're, we, we don't have any player with a weight problem. If anything, we have a hard time keeping up with calories. And I think this is a great example of life just happens and right. you have to adapt. <laughs> so we have some players who will never touch. Like I remember Zetterberg, we got him a special peanut butter pie from Ocean Prime for his birthday. Yeah. And we were playing the next day. He only took one bite of it because he was that committed. <laughs> really? And I just, yeah, I was, uh, you know, just shocked. And um, so, so there are some players who really don't deviate. And then there are some who... They feel like maybe a little extra boost sometimes from from the sugar, and again, they're they're burning those calories off. I worry more about the inflammatory oils that have been oxidized. Um, so we're very committed to using a, a high quality extra virgin olive oil and really eliminating the the bad seed oils. So, is, is there a player that you know would? Uh... 
would say that every he was doing everything on the up and up as he was wiping the hot dog mustard from his mouth or <laughs> yeah i i don't think he'd be mad at me for saying this but the the one person on the road who who always says can't we just have pizza is is phil heronic um he, he's so funny and he's so lean he's he's incredibly fit and uh he just sometimes doesn't feel like taco tuesday or whatever bowl we're getting and so he's he's the one that we really try to make happy and uh it's it's always good to hear when he likes something that was ordered because he 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 just likes kind of more of that simple food <laughs> <laughs> well you know i mean is it true because i i still tease him till this day that danny de kaiser is the only red wing that could eat pizza every day right and you yeah, wouldn't have no da- problem danny yeah danny's lean as well he really he he's committed to uh eat, you know eating like it's his job and and he does everything that that we serve him <laughs> he he really ha- he tries to, to eat as as well as possible but he is somebody who we double up on you know in the morning when we do smoothies he he has a, a second one um so he's he's great about eating his avocados and taking his shots of cherry juice so he's doing all of the the right things and then sometimes i see him with uh, a little bowl of ice cream but but he definitely uh could could use those calories well i know that i think it's once or twice a year he will uh enjoy like a double or triple cheeseburger yeah yeah and you know if if we're doing the the habits right all year you know and we're building up over time then when it comes to christmas morning they should be able to enjoy a christmas cookie right Um, (laughs) well that leads me to my point i mean we've done so many of these i mean isn't that Dylan Larkin's problem? Is that it, I, is it, it, isn't it like <laughs> yeah. mom's Christmas cookies or his mom? Yeah, you know, and he, he just can't get enough us. of them. Yep, that's true. And uh, I think again, he's he's somebody who's so dialed in to nutrition. And somebody just sent me a quote that was printed uh, that he talked about the importance of nutrition during you know this COVID pandemic. I know he's he's always paying attention to it, and um, we we just. You know, it's our job to provide the players with 100% healthy choices, and we also have to be realistic and occasionally make a banana bread or, you know, something where if if they wanted a sweet treat, and you can make a lot of these recipes where they're not pro-inflammatory. I make a peanut butter cookie that I bring on the road all the time. Uh, I've eaten them. They're great. Yeah, they're just, you know, four ingredients and it's it's really just peanut butter and vanilla, almond flour and a little maple syrup. So oh. it, that that's not a, a, a pro-inflammatory food. Wow, they, they, they do sound delicious. Now, uh, you know, the, the Red Wings uh, locker room has always been an international locker room, but now with the uh, the influx of uh, of Mo Cider, uh, is, is he... You know, and my last name's German, everyone, so don't yep. take this the wrong way. Uh, but is he rigid? Is he saying, I don't care, Lisa, I'm having German potato salad with every meal? I mean, do, or is he? No, he's great. Mo, Mo is, the, 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 these young players who have joined our team want to learn the best practices. And they're they're very eager to understand some of the sport nutrition principles 
Um, it, you know, for example, we know that the mitochondria in our muscle cell, that's what makes our muscles work. It takes the food that we eat and the oxygen that we breathe to make energy. And the more efficient our mitochondria, the better an athlete will be. And so we also know that we need to kill off the mitochondria that aren't doing their job. So like, for example, the guys do hot and cold immersion. So hot, cold contrast therapy. So they go into the sauna and then they do cold therapy. We know that if, um, let's say 10% of our mitochondria is killed uh, during the very cold immersion temperatures, that's good because then we make better, stronger mitochondria. So if our little mitochondria can't handle the, the cold for one minute or three minutes, you know, here in Michigan, it's, it's probably a little longer as we go outside. You know, aging is really the result of declining mitochondria. And so really? the more energy when oxygen and food match that we have, that's why we don't want to eat too much food. That's why we want to make sure that we're moving enough because uh, damaging our mitochondria uh, just makes our, our cells not work at their best. Wow, so so it's really weird, and I don't want to sound like I'm getting down on most cider here, but isn't most German food unhealthy anyway? I mean, isn't it all like sausages and, you know, like heavy stuff? Yeah, what, what I would say is we do not serve any processed meat except okay. for possibly the occasional uh, barbecue. Um, Al usually provides, oh, yeah. um, you know, really great choices to the guys. I don't, I don't think he's serving processed meats there. Um, so if, if Mo is doing that, he would be doing that <laughs> on his own time. We're, we're, we're not serving that. <laughs> really? Getting pick care packages from home. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Make sure he's that... a big eater though. He's a big guy. He needs a oh, lot yeah. of calories, but well, he's, it... he's choosing the right stuff. Well, he's 20 years old. I mean, you know, everyone's yep. appetite's pretty big. And now, now Lucas Raymond, I would imagine that, you know, he's not the, you know, he, he's a tough little guy for sure. I mean, yep. he's not the, you know, he, he's certainly not the biggest guy on the planet, but I would imagine that he seems pretty dedicated as well as Mo is to finding out exactly what he should and should not be doing. Absolutely. Um, Lucas is a great eater as well. It'd be so fun for you to follow like Lucas or Mo on the road or both of them to see how how their uh, their pregame meal looks. It, it's just an unbelievable amount of calories, but they have the right mixed with they, you know, they're always choosing green leafy veggies like spinach for the nitrate, which um, helps their blood perfusion uh, to their muscle during the game. So they're wow. they're choosing that with their pasta and then we always have so many sides of um, like broccolini or roasted brussels sprouts sweet potatoes there there's just every color that you could imagine uh on the training table wow that that sounds interesting uh I, it, it really does i'm i mean i'm fascinated by this so we want to get into like holiday eating because that's usually what we we talk about but you know with obviously with covid and everything that's going on i this is just fascinating about diet, and I think all of us, simply because of this pandemic, are more health aware than maybe we've ever been in our lifetime. You know, this is something... I, I think so, and I, you know, I think the other issue that people are paying more attention to is their ability to get a good night's sleep, and that that's probably the biggest vulnerability that athletes 
do find that they have um, because of the the rigor on the road, the schedule being so tough, flying after games, that it's, it's very difficult to optimize sleep. And so they you know, are, are always trying to do it when we're at home. But that's one area where we're looking at our sleep protocols and really trying to perfect uh, what we can do. When you look at uh, now, maybe we talked about a couple of the younger Red Wings. How about some of the, the veteran Red Wings, uh, a guy like a Mark Stahl, shall we say, uh, who, you know, has, has gone through a few things this year. Yeah. Do, do, do they need to modify their diet? Maybe what Stahl was eating at 27, he can't eat in his early 30s. Yeah, again, you you look at Mark, and he's he's such a big guy as well. <laughs> I just think these these tall giant hockey players that are expending so many calories. I think he would say he does modify it, but he still has a very healthy intake. And you know, on the road with Mark, he just had such such a tough time uh, right before we went on the road trip to Columbus he had a stomach bug um, at, at a home game because he was taking some ginger tea to try to help his stomach. And then when we were on the road, he, you know, developing the, the viral meningitis and then, wow. <laughs> then he got COVID after that. But just such a warrior, you know, he, he didn't know he had the viral meningitis and he, he was still doing everything thinking he, he was going to play and, uh, I mean that that just shows you. I know Art, you you have experience working with so many of our hockey players that have played with broken bones and things right. like that. But, gosh, playing with viral meningitis is unreal. Yeah, that I mean that, that I mean, how difficult? I would imagine one of the toughest things is is telling a professional athlete that you can't play. You know, not that you're yeah. on death's door or anything, but they all want to play. You know what I mean? It's competitive. You know, it, it's what the Wally Pip thing. You know, Wally yeah. Pip's and thank God that that's Pete's job. Thank God that's not <laughs> right, my right, job. Right, right, But know. but I did. So Mark Mark did show me his aura data. We wear these rings that help us with our sleep, and he showed me his sleep data, and it was so terrible. His temperature was so high and. So even though we do everything that we can on the road um, for better sleep, we, we saw that you know he, he wasn't feeling well. I think um, some of the neat things that the athletes have done to kind of hack their environment could be interesting um, to, to consider. So one example is in the hotel rooms, they always have those hangers that have the little clips to hang your pants on. Right, oh yeah. Well, you can, you can clip together the curtains because they never exactly close properly right, in the right. hotel. So taking those to, to make the room dark, we know that if the room is like 66 degrees and dark, um, cut covering the lights with electrical tape or bubble gum, that uh, you don't want any light stimulation when you're trying to go to sleep. And then when you wake up in the morning, making sure you're getting good sunlight exposure, even it's if it's just for a couple of minutes, um, but sunlight exposure first thing in the morning and then also at dusk uh, really does so much to affect the deep sleep. So both um, REM sleep and deep sleep are very important as well as total amount of sleep. But uh, we, we try to 
you know, really educate the athletes to, to have a routine, you know, waking up at the same time each day, if possible, go, go to sleep the minute they start to feel sleepy, and then avoiding caffeine, um, you know, after two o'clock. Um, and then also just watching those bright lights at night, you know, settling in with TV is uh, really tough uh, for our sleep. So maybe reading instead, and then um, also limiting the daytime naps to, uh, you know, no more than 90 minutes. Wow, yeah, yeah. Sometimes if you take a nap and it's too long, you you don't even feel that great after it's over yeah. and when you wake up. I mean, I, I completely understand that. Now, I do know that uh, former Red Wing Justin Abdicator, I talked to him many, many times, was a big fan of cold-pressed juices. Um, yeah. Is that still a, a yep. staple and it is and and you know and i'm kind of curious because how it, it, i would imagine since steve has his hand steve eiserman that is has his hand in virtually everything how uh engaged is he by nutrition and diet and what the players are are, are intaking in their bodies he's very supportive um obviously we're budget conscious we don't want to you know just buy the most expensive food. So we're, we're looking to plan our meals around the most micronutrient dense opportunities for the plate. And so if something is out of season, then that may not be the best choice, right? So we're, right. we're always looking at the, the different colors and Bill, for, um, our chef Bill, he buys really great bulk items like ginger, turmeric root, uh, apples, oranges, pineapple, things that we can press. And so we actually make our own cold pressed juices Whoa. for post game that have these natural anti-inflammatory <coughs> properties. So things like ginger and turmeric, they really are like medicine. This is a perfect example where food is medicine. So ginger and turmeric have the ability to impact uh, different pathways that we want to downregulate and certain pathways that we want to upregulate for um, healing, recovery, and anabolism. And so they, they impact those pathways. And so if we're able to deliver the proper nutrients at the right time, then we're able to recover for like a back-to-back -back situation much better. And so Steve is always supportive. Um, you know, he, he'll come by and, you know, he, he, he might smile at the cold pressed juice machine. Uh, but I think that's because it wasn't available when, when he was a player and, you know, nutrition has come a long way. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure his cold press was uh, old granddad on the rocks or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he does joke. Is there alcohol in that juice? And, you know, no, <laughs> it's just a joke. Yeah. But, you know, after the games, the guys will do their cold press juice, but they'll also take a shot of the Montmorency tart cherry juice, which has a compound called anthocyanins, which again is just, like food is medicine it, it impacts those pathways that we want to upregulate for recovery and then they'll take um, maybe magnesium or they'll take an epsom salt bath uh, at night or they'll go into our deprivation tank so we have this big magnesium float tank where the athletes can just go inside and it allows for some topical absorption of the magnesium and magnesium is very very calming to the nervous system 
and we can see objectively by the sleep, by their wearables, that it does move the needle on their deep sleep, their total sleep, wow. their REM sleep. So when they do take the Epsom salt bath or uh, the, the big deprivation float tank, that they get a better night's sleep. Many of them will also take a cup of tea, <laughs> which sounds funny, these big, tough hockey players drinking tea. But um, we know that uh, like chamomile tea contains a compound called apigenin, which uh, has direct science on sleep. So having some apigenin um, is very efficacious for a good night's sleep. So, well, so just looking at the sleep routine, you know, taking a cup of hot tea, the tart cherry juice, an Epsom salt bath. I know that our, our travel um, coordinator makes sure that the guys have bathtubs when we're on the road so that they can take an Epsom salt bath if they would like. Really? So I guess so. as soon as the podcast is over and I upload it and all that stuff, I should draw myself a bath and pour how much Epsom salt in there? Just a whole bag or? Yep, yep. Uh, they, a whole they, bag? They That's single, a lot of they, salt. Well, they make individual bags, so I'm oh. thinking of our bag. Um, but okay. it's a it's a cup, a cup of salt. Oh, a cup of Epsom salt, and then I won't fall asleep in the tub, Lisa, will I? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's all I would need, you know. Uh, uh, Red Wing employee uh, found in bathtub. Loves oh, Epsom gosh. salt. No, I'm just okay, joking. Okay, Art, I would feel really bad, so don't do that. No, I won't. I, 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 and it's all Lisa McDowell's fault where his yeah. last words. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, you know, well, most of the things that you're saying and, and moving on to now the holiday season it, it are things that, that everyday people can do. And, uh, you know, granted, you know, maybe magnesium or whatever, you know, they, no one can have like a, it's like the hyperbaric chamber. No one can have a yeah. hyperbaric chamber in their house, but um, I guess you could if, you know, if your name is uh, Elon Musk or something. Yeah, but, these but, places are popping up though. The saunas, the infrared sauna, the cold immersions, the float tanks. There's a lot of places around Detroit that offer that. Really, I know that Rafa Nadal is into that real cold thing for a while, and then uh, then he comes out of it, but he stays in there as long as he can. I'm not exactly sure exactly what the proper term is, but I, I love tennis, and you know, and I'm a big Rafa fan, and. I know that he has, on several occasions, uh, uh, has talked about doing something where he, you know, he, he's wearing just like a pair of shorts and yep. he goes into a room, you know, this thing that's, that's yep. like 32 degrees below zero and he stays yep. so, in there for as long as possible. Yeah, we do have a cryotherapy as well and you, you just stay in there two or three minutes. But honestly, living in Michigan, we don't need all these fancy things. The protocols that are out there show us that the minimal effective dose for the cold therapy to help our mitochondria is only 11 minutes a week. And wow. so if you think about that, even in the cold shower, that's putting cold water on your torso for a couple of minutes. And, you you know, your, your fight like or flight response really makes you want to flee. Right, right. <laughs> but, but it's not very long, you know, if you break up 11 minutes over the week and, and finish a shower with, with cold water, then you get that wonderful benefit um, from that extreme condition. And it just can't be cold water on your head. It has to cover your whole body. Um, it, it, well, it will trickle down from your head to your body. But mm. I, 
you know, mo most people say that if you put it on your chest that you get the best benefit. Really, on your chest. I just sit there and just like pound myself with cold water there at the end. Yeah. Okay, that's cool, Lisa. I'm writing that down. Uh, with with now, let's talk about Christmas. I mean, when this originally when we started this, I don't know, five years ago now or whatever, it was for people who overeat or in the holidays, what can they do to make sure that they don't put on five to ten pounds? And how can they carry over maybe some good habits that they've established by not overeating during the holiday period into the new year? And it, 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 what again, um, you know, things that that we that we've you know that we've probably talked about. You know, my my old joke has always been to you, Lisa, that I used to eat the rainbow and I couldn't <laughs> believe it was Skittles and I couldn't believe that I wasn't losing weight. And then every time you know I drop ten pounds, a nutritionist gets their wings or something. But you know, with 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 all that said. I am wondering now, do you think people are more conscious as we spoke about earlier or what can they do? Because, you know, the holiday parties are in full swing. Families uh, are yep. going to get together. Uh, some are this year for sure. And, you know, there's always delicacies and things that are traditions that they eat. But how can they maybe watch what they eat and still enjoy themselves? Yeah, I, I think it's important to recognize that there's nobody coming for you to rescue you. <laughs> like we're, we're all responsible for ourselves, right? right? So we need we need to check in on our own obligations, right? Are they real? Are some of the things we're doing excuses? And I think knowing what really matters can provide the foundation to just let everything else go by, right? Being able to say no to things, might be the difference between making a habit stick or not stick. So if we keep a schedule, don't let life get in the way of our regimens, putting yourself first, I think there's always those days where we don't feel like showing up or packing mm -hmm. a lunch or going for a walk, but it's those days where we do show up that make all the difference. And so if we're working on the right things, even if it's at a very, very slow pace, like doing 10 jump, jumping jacks while you're making your coffee or, um, you know, doing 10 squats when you're brushing your teeth, just small little habits that, that you can stick on to something that you're already doing can make a really big impact on our health in the long run. So if we just aim for like a 1% improvement each day and just get started, I think so many people put off taking action um, it, because they're researching what to do, right? Like, what kind of tennis shoe should I buy? <laughs> and, and they're spending so much time on trying to gain information instead of just going. They say that like social motion is the best. If you're hanging out with your drinking buddy, you are le least likely to go for a walk with that person. But if you're hanging out with somebody who has similar health goals, then you're more likely to not cancel on going for a walk, right? Wow, wow. So I think it, it, it's it's interesting to, to look at some of the best practices for habits and really trying to connect with people who might have similar goals because we're far more successful together than we are alone. And that drinking buddy may not be like in your best interest um, all the time. You know, the one I think, thing, oh, go ahead, Lisa. No, and I think the other thing is to, is to not get too busy to forget 
you know, to see the good in, in uh, finding those social connections, looking for the things to be grateful for. That really helps re rewire our, our brain. When we acknowledge the nice people, you know, like Mr. Rogers says, the helpers in our right. lives, that it, it makes us have a better outlook and we want to do better in that social together, that social motion, going out to a park and being in nature. There's a saying, um, blue and green should often be seen. So getting out, you know, where there's water or trees can really do us uh, a lot of good. Yeah, that you know that that makes sense. I I know people tell me that this time of year or way people rationalize is if during the holiday time if they overeat like they'll overeat on Christmas Day, so on the twenty sixth or for our Canadian audience on Boxing Day, um, they won't eat at all. You know, oh I overdid it yesterday, so I'm pretty much going to starve myself today. Maybe drink some water or something, or eat very very lightly. And then, you know, then the next day I'll, uh, uh, you know, I'll go back to like kind of eating normally or kind of watching what I'm yeah. eating. But it usually seems to me that with people try to do that kind of stuff where it's all or nothing, they end up binge eating once they start. I, I agree 100% with you, Art. That all or nothing mentality just doesn't work. And that's why we want to start slow and not be so extreme in the changes. I do like the saying not to miss twice, um, you know, for sure on Christmas. Mm -hmm. that, okay, forg forgive yourself on that day, right? <laughs> but don't don't miss twice. Like, like go out and go for a walk. One, one of the best recommendations, especially I know, like you said, Art, you struggle with your blood sugar and you're doing so much better. But the, the number one recommendation is to just take a 10 minute walk after dinner. That helps us process our blood sugar so much. Um, so, so really look at the small things that we can do that, that have big dividends for our health in the long run. You know, Lisa, we, we've talked about this in the past. I know that, you know, your big family get togethers at Christmas time, yep. you play these games and I guess the rewards are like carrot sticks or celery <laughs> sticks. And, you know, it really sounds like a real fun thing, you know, uh, you know, you, my house would be like, uh, you know, shots of liquor or something, you know, hey, yeah. <sighs> Here you go. Well, little Johnny's only six, but let's see. Like, give, give him just a shot. See where where, where it leads. Uh, no, no, God, no. My parents would kill me if they heard me say that. Uh, but but in in all honesty, uh, you know, anything special this year? I I I mean, are you going to be able to celebrate normally? Because I think most people are at least going to yeah. try to celebrate with uh, totally. you know, but but be smart about it. Yeah, be, because of the NHL protocol, you know, it's just immediate family, but we can have a lot of fun playing ping pong uh, <laughs> in the basement. So we'll, we'll make sure to get our steps in after that big meal. <laughs> really? So ping. So and do, are, are there like awards? I mean, do you do, 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 do you give out? Because I think one time and I'm not making this up. I think you did tell me that like whomever won, you know, was able to you know, have, uh, I don't know, a salary stick with cheese on it or something. That That's not true. Maybe it wasn't, uh, they didn't have to do the dishes. <laughs> oh, is that it? Okay. I, I thought, I thought it, whatever it was, it sounded like it was a really great re reward for winning. But, uh, you know, but anyway, Lisa, to sum this up, I mean, it's been quite a, a, a couple of years almost now for all of us. But, uh, uh, you know, your job has changed, uh, uh, you know, over the course. And, 
do you see maybe if anything good will come out of this pandemic? It's that people are now, as we said earlier, more aware of health and nutrition. And and how about the uh, the wearable technology that people seem to be, uh, you know, yeah, obsessed I, I with do. too. I think as this wearable technology becomes more mainstream, um, we'll, we'll know our bodies better and we'll, we'll see what our resting heart rate is and our oxygenation rate and our sleep metrics and our steps. And this, this really does inform habit and having this knowledge about ourselves allows us to have the agency to have control over our choices. So um, y- you may have seen the the blood glucose monitors that tell you in real time right, what your right. blood sugar is. Right. The, these type of wearables can really be helpful to um, educate people on what they can do um, individually because not one size fits all. And sometimes the advice that's good for me is not good for you. But as you have this data, you can see what moves the, the metrics for your own health data. I, I think coming out of the pandemic, the, the issues surrounding lifestyle medicine, you know, the, the sleep, the, the natural movement, the things that you enjoy, the social connection and um, stress reduction <laughs> and healthy eating, they're all important in health. It's not just nutrition, although we do know that the American diet is so highly ultra processed right, that right. that's a really great place to start but also checking in on your own relationships and your sleep and your physical activity, I think is really critical as well. Wow. Well, that, uh, that, that that's great advice. It's always a, a, a pleasure to uh, do this with you. And when we're saying wearable technology, we're talking about Fitbits or the Apple Watch. Yeah. Or, you know, you showed me something at training camp and I was really interested. Was it a ring or something that you could wear? Yep. Did you mention that earlier? What What's that all about? So it's called the Aura. It's spelled O-U-R-A, and it's technology from Finland. And it, it, it's one of the most accurate measurements of a lot of the health data points that w- we were just talking about. And it gives you a really interesting daily summary of everything <laughs> going on. So it tells you what your heart rate variability is, which is a nice measurement of uh, your nervous system recovery. So if you're always in that fight or flight versus the rest and digest, it gives you a good number. It also helps you understand your deep sleep amount, your REM sleep, how, how much you move during the night. Just, just great data. And as you can imagine, our professional athletes, their, their performance depends on their recovery. So they're using this information for themselves and investing, you know, in the best possible protocols to make those numbers so that they feel their best. But I don't think everybody needs to run out and have fancy technology. You know, we could all just simply look at ourselves in the mirror <laughs> naked and you can see if you have some work to do, right? Oh, and yeah, you definitely. can run up the stairs and see if you're out of breath if you have some work to do there. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, yeah, everybody, no one knows their body like 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 themselves, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah you, know, you know when it's time, like... Uh, when you yeah. might have let yourself go just a bit. So yeah. uh, I, I agree with that. Well, Lisa, thank you very, very much. Uh, you know, I always give you the last word. Anything else that you would like to say, impart any kind of words of wisdom on us? And uh, 
uh, you know, I, I mean, you, you're not, you're not a full blown doctor yet, are you, or anything like that? <laughs> so I'm, I'm board certified by the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, and then I'm also a registered dietitian. And my, my parting words um, are is just a note of gratitude to you and to the entire Red Wing organization. I, I feel like it is a family and uh, the, the social connectedness that we, we all gain as being part of this amazing organization fills that bucket for us of social connection. And, you know, just being part of a team like this is a dream come true. And I feel very honored to still be part of the team <laughs> and uh, to be able to work with so many amazing people. Well, I'll tell you, that goes that goes both ways, though, Lisa. You're a, a fantastic uh, uh, person. And I'll say it like, you know, on and off the ice, so to speak, be, with what you do with this team. And, you know, we've been friends for a long time. I always appreciate you coming on this time of year. And, you know, you know and, and, even though this has been this was a little bit different holiday show than uh, than pre previously done just because of some of the things that we're facing and what's going on now in, in today's world with uh, with COVID-19. But uh, with that said, I really appreciate it. You know, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I know I'll see you, but I always enjoy talking to you. It's always a lot of fun. And uh, thanks for joining us today on the Red and White Authority. Thank you, Art. And the same to you and your listeners. Happy holidays.